Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Roostrock. I'm here with Lisa Miller, and we're talking about healthcare consulting today. Welcome. Thank you, ML. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So <laughs> it's always wonderful having professionals on the show. So what is it that you're, I know it's healthcare and I know it's consulting. So in layman's terms, what do you do? Right. So for us and my firm, uh, Vi Healthcare, we help hospitals improve their margins. So we do it a number of ways. We help them reduce costs, non-labor costs, which people love, right? Because we're focused mm-hmm. on non-labor and we support um, organizations who want to keep jobs, right? So we look at non-labor and we also look at other areas for revenue improvement and other areas of process improvement. But in a nutshell, that's what we do. So layman's terms again like buying face mask would mm-hmm. be something that you you do yes like, or finding cheaper sources yeah it's a great question so we look at everything if you can imagine from um like you said buying face masks to uh, if you're going to have surgery have a knee replacement or if you know someone that's had a knee replacement those components that they Uh, use for the knee has varying degrees of cost. And so what we do is we don't look to change um, what the hospital uses. We look to make sure they're getting the best price. We're looking to make sure uh, that there's not overutilization, things are paying for, they're not using. So there's all different ways, whether it's an item or a service, or maybe there's standardization, we get more more standardization from the physicians. Um, so in layman's terms, we're making sure they have the best deal, helping them with the contract. Um, mm-hmm. We're helping them look at utilization patterns. We're helping them look at, maybe there's some things that are just off, are there errors? Um, and maybe there's some insights that we get from the data that helps them say, wait a minute, I didn't know we were buying so many of that. So you know, the foundation of all our work is data analytics, giving them those insights and giving them the wisdom to make better choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not really for the consumer, but it is for the businesses that you come to, or am I wrong? Well, that's a great point, right? So you think, well, how does it matter for the consumer? So we actually have our new research piece coming out. It's called, why is my hospital bill so expensive? And it really goes through explain hospital bills, right? And and I often say hospitals are kind of in the middle. You know, they I think they get 
blamed for for things that unfortunately it's 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 not their fault and i think the the medical bill there's opportunities to improve it and have communications and there's always ways to do things better however um you know if a hospital can work on some of these cost reduction initiatives and really dig deep not with impacting patient care that could mean a lower cost to patients right right so for instance if you go in for a total knee mm-hmm. replacement and this hospital has got just phenomenal total knee pricing it's got low pricing and then you know part of that's covered by your insurance company and maybe you have a 20% copay that just trickles down you're going to pay less so while we don't have a direct consumer impact we do um our work impact our bottom patients. line when we pay our doctor bill yes <laughs> and okay so my mom had a knee replacement two years ago so just to break this down she had for it's astronomical for me because you know it's pricing but it's like eighty six thousand dollars for the hospital bill and it's not the exact number, but then you factor in the healthcare, what they paid. Then you go through, there's a lot of things on the bill that you don't always think about. Then you have the price of gauze, price of the physician, price of the medicines that we're giving, all this other stuff. And once you break it down, your job is to find the gauze, the components, the medicine, the stuff like this. This is where people actually save money. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great example. So you got to see an itemized bill mm-hmm. for your mom. And that mm-hmm. itemized bill showed the room stay, the medicines, the gauze, the implants, all the anesthesia, the physician services. You saw that breakdown. So we look at that. It's a great example on the reverse, on the cost side and say, okay, what did, what does this case cost a hospital? And we benchmark that case. We do what's called surgical uh, uh, service line profitability analysis to understand where can they take those costs at? Where should they be? Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's just a, a, it's a great example of the details because the hospitals have to buy things. This, the hospitals aren't, again, not the bad guys. They have to buy those goals. Right. They have to buy the components. They have to, they pay for air, heat that, you know, they pay for, you know, uh, the physicians, the employees. So they have hard costs. And so what happens many times is, is that their margins are getting slimmer and slimmer because Medi- Medicare might say, this is what I'm going to pay you for a total knee replacement. That's it. You got to figure it out. Managed care companies are doing somewhat the same. And, and so they've got to really be agile. They're, they're the ones that are in, in the middle. So it's important why looking at cost, truly digging in deep matters. It matters, like you said to your mom. And you know, to get an $86,000 bill can be shocking. It is. <laughs> I mean, um, just to get the bill, and but then you look at it. And, and if you have the mindset, okay, a hospital is still a business. And you have to, as a business owner, I know I have hard costs. So understanding I have hard costs, why wouldn't another business, in this case, a hospital, also have hard costs? 
you bring up a really great point. I'm going to pivot for a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, um, my book comes out in 2022. It's called The Entrepreneurial Hospital. And there's four key components. The first one is core financial strength. And I want to read something to you because it's the, it's the first principle. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, it was a great sister. Her name was Sister Irene Cross. Cross. And she said, no margin, no mission. It was visionary back then. But her whole point was you need strong fiscal management. And her quote was, she would say, the way to do it is to run a hospitals that are financially solid, because that's how you're going to provide exceptional patient care. That's how you're going to grow and do all these things. So people have to realize the hospitals have to be run as a business so they can buy new technology, so they can do all these things. They have the services. So you bring up my number one point. It is the number one point. And while they do that, they have to balance, you know, charity care. You know, um, they do also, there's a, a good amount of their money is spent on, you know, charity care or, you know, underinsured. And, and there's so much that they do in the communities. And yet we still kind of feel like, oh, the hospital, you know, is making all this money. In reality, mm -hmm. it's not the case. It, no, we never see as consumers, the books of another company. That's something we don't see. It doesn't matter what your business says. We'll never see the full books of any company. That's right. So we make up numbers in our head. That's right. But at the same time, everything out there, doesn't matter if it's a hospital, a doctor's office, uh, your grocery down the store, street, they're all businesses. They all have bottom lines. They all have to stay in the black. And it doesn't matter how that business is run, their bottom line isn't what we perceive it to be. You have said that so well. I think I might have to quote you. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Please do. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I think that is that is where the consumers got to understand that they do, the hospitals really do walk a, a tight line, a smaller margin. Even now, unfortunately, with COVID and having a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of cases be pushed out or, you know, closed down for a bit, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they have even harder financial circumstances and we don't get to see their books to really understand I have to tell you to be a CFO in a hospital these days, I think is very challenging because they're balancing costs, profitability, where, you know, where can they make other um, money from? And, you know, the core mission, of course, is patient care, getting patients to feel better, but if they're not financially sound, then they have to, you know, make some challenging decisions, you know, in terms of, do we get new capital equipment? Do we get that you know, that new robot, that new MRI. Do we kick a patient out because it's not profitable? It's going to eat into our bottom line because we have so many cases of the same thing and we mm -hmm. can't treat them all. Who right. stays in the hospital and who doesn't? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Do we have to, uh, we have to, you know, reduce the the services we offer, and then they have to go to other hospitals. I, I love community hospitals. They're my favorite. I feel like they are the unsung heroes, community hospitals. And so these hospitals, you know, they're typically standalone or maybe one or two hospitals and they serve a community with, they're not the 
you know, enormous health system, which they serve purposes too. Mm -hmm. Um, But these community hospitals are really just such a, such a unique and important part of, you know, our country because they're serving in such unique ways and they don't want to lessen the services, you know, so they say, okay, well, you've got to, we don't have that, we don't do spine surgeries here. You've got to go, you know, into the city or they move different things out. And, um, you know, I have a, during COVID, we worked with a wonderful community hospital, a 200 bed community hospital. And they actually did a quite a bit of different surgeries and procedures. They were very, very um, unique, organized. very <laughs> organized, unique, very forward thinking. Um, but, but they were struggling and we came in and we helped them. We actually took out about $3 million in cost savings. They didn't have any changes to anything they did. We just got them better pricing contracts some utilization opportunities, things that they shouldn't have been paying for. And they wrote us a letter and they said it, 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 the CFO took his calculator out and they counted how many jobs were saved because during that time they were furloughing people. And this was directly impacted keeping people and keeping employees. And I, and so I think for the consumer, um, you know, as you're hearing this, you know, hospitals work really hard. They work really hard for patients. They work really hard to get the best care services. And I think, you know, one of the other principles I talk about in my book is really around, um, you know, creating the future innovation, frontline insights. I think people on the front lines need to share their insights and what they see and even patients to say, you know, um, here's my thought, and not just negative mm-hmm. here. I have an idea for you. I was on the floor and I got a packet. I was on the children's floor and I got a packet and it had a comb and it looked like an adult packet, but yet you gave it to an, a children's floor. Maybe some, maybe you don't, maybe that's a way I could save money. That happened to me, by the way, I, there was an adult packet when my daughter went into the hospital, no use to her at all. And, but yeah, it's, it's weird because when I was in hospital in 2011 and I was there in and out for a year. Mm-hmm. So I have a hundred different packets of combs and brushes and stuff. I don't need a hundred different, you know, packets. I can just bring the one that I had last time, last week when I was here, you know, it's, Little things like that can save a hospital a lot of money. If you think about it, if you put a price tag on that comb or on that toothbrush or on that toothpaste, ask the patients, do you need or want this in your room? If you don't need or want it, you can save, say, $1.50. I am sure it costs more than $1.50 for that package that they give you, but at the same time, it adds up. You're hundred percent right. Imagine that dollar fifty or whatever that may be, two or three dollars compounded by you know ten thousand visits, and that is one item compounded by maybe thirty other items like that. And I, and that's why I love um, the ability f- for hospitals to be open to hearing ideas around improvements, cost savings, even even not only for their employees, which is so important, but also from the patients, their families, maybe some from vendors, but just openly willing to say, Hey, I saw that. Here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it takes a lot of people and particularly the ones on the front line, somebody in the C-suite, the CFO, those people, uh, albeit they're going to have a tremendous role in orchestrating and looking at 
where those trends and where those opportunities may have to be focused on, but those immediate frontline insights are gonna come from hundreds of people that sit on the front lines that are gonna bring that out to someone's attention hopefully there's a vehicle and people are listening and open to hearing suggestions. That's a whole nother probably podcast we can do about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. First you have to have that idea. Then you have to have someone that's actually willing to listen to the idea. That's right. That's right. And sometimes it takes screaming the idea from the rooftop to get someone to listen to you. Right. Right. And then sometimes it requires a consultant to come in to hear it. And I you know, we don't approach our business um, with interviewing the staff and then getting their ideas and saying, oh, look, here's a book of ideas. We don't do that. Um, you know, we have our, our, our strategies or techniques that we go in, we know exactly what to look for. And I'm a big believer that hospitals should also have those vehicles that to get those ideas from the employees that nobody takes credit for except for the employees and the team. But there has to be a process. And, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes that's the challenge only because there's so many things going on. There's so many competing priorities. But Right. I mean, a hospital is like no other business. I mean, you unless you work in the medical field, you don't understand the process of the medical field. Because you have nurses who are your front line. So they're dealing with patients 24 7. Mm-hmm. And you have the doctors that are right behind the front line. They're seeing 10 to 25 patients a day, minimal. Mm-hmm. Then you get the surgeons and then the anesthesiologists and then the, you know, the janitors. There's so many different departments within one hospital that unless you understand it, you would never understand. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, right? So someone comes in the ER, all those doctors you mentioned, nurses, and then they go to radiology because they have to have an x-ray or a CT or an MRI. You have a lab in the hospital. You have trans, you know, the transport people. You have then the OR. There's there's just so, so much complexity, so much complexity. I, It's an amazing um, area, healthcare, you know, because it serves patients, it serves, you know, uh, saving lives and it helps people improve their quality of their life. And it's such a, it's an amazing career. Um, There's a lot, a lot of complexity built into, and we live in a world where there's all this new technology, right? People, there's always the latest and greatest. And now Mm -hmm. that's great, right? We want to live healthier. We want to live longer, but that costs money too. So Right. I mean, they have the new um, body scan, Mm -hmm. 3D imaging thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That that has a price tag, I think, so many millions of dollars. For a consumer, a person on the street, a million dollars is astronomical. How do they afford this? Well, it's built into the bottom line. This is why... They have to stay in the black so they can afford to buy that one piece of equipment. Yes, absolutely. And they want that piece of equipment for many reasons. They can provide better care because they can pinpoint things, issues much better. Mm -hmm. Then more patients will come and whatever margin they have is if it's a 1% or 2% operating margin, which believe it or not, in these day and age, it's a lot that maybe can help their margin um, 
but these, you know, ultimately they want to, the doctors and, and nurses and the staff, they, they, they want to provide just amazing care and have that, that 3D imaging system so that, you know, they can cure illnesses, find things quicker. And ultimately it does save money for a whole healthcare, right? Catch right. something early. Right. Do we want to catch that cancer cell when it's in stage one? Or do we want to catch it when it's in stage three or four? That's right. That's a difference that makes a big difference. To That's a right. That does. And patients want that, you know, uh, you know, when I'm making some decisions you've had to, um, I, I perform quite a bit of research about, you know, um, the, the place, the physicians, the, 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 you know, the, um, you know, what's the latest and greatest or what's available. I, I, and I think most patients do that again, I'm going to go back to my upcoming book. There's a, it's, it's the other area is about community. It's communication. One aspect of communication is how does the hospitals communicate, um, you know, to the patients. And I think marketing is a big, it's important, but it's educational marketing, right? Patients mm -hmm. want to look at and read, not the generic definitions, but just what are the questions in patients' heads? Mm -hmm. You know, is this going to be painful? How long is it going to take? What's the process? What's like, they should be answering those questions, you know, on the website or, you know, because yes, there is a lot of information you need to give about the, the specifics, but there's also all these other intangibles that that's going around in somebody's head, you know, right. I think. It, it, I mean, you have patients that go, is there a support group for A, B, or C? Is there, you know, a support group may or may not cost money for the hospital. If it's a volunteer run, then it doesn't cost money. But at the same time, printing the pamphlets or the material or lighting or, you know, that stuff costs money. It's a, it's a great point. Absolutely. All that does cost money. And, you know, um, you know, as patients are leaving the hospital, if they've had an over, you know, overnight stay and they're going through discharge, I think that is another opportunity to have such crisp, clean communication because there's, there's so much that goes on about medication, appointments, um, supplies, equipment that needs to be utilized. And there's another opportunity to, you know, they do get discharge instructions, but what else can you give to a patient, and their families, what other resource and support to help them go out back to their home successfully? Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, whether it's marketing, whether it's leaving a hospital, whether it's the communication between physician and nurses and the patients, you know, how, you know, active listening is, is another skill and really being able to be patient with patients, even maybe they've asked questions several times and, you know, I, I you know, helping them to understand as best as possible. That is the goal for any hospital, any consumer product. We want you to understand what it is that we're selling you, mm -hmm. basically. But your book, you said, comes out in 2022? Yes. We don't have a hard date right now, but it is probably uh, mid-2022, hopefully earlier. It's called the Entrepreneurial Hospital. And it's really helping hospitals, or at least, you know, the, the thinking is moving them from an institutionalized 
thinking way to an entrepreneurial thinking. And, and many hospitals are, are in the midst of doing that to one degree or another, but it's really, um, it's slow going. It's slow going. And it's, and it's really getting them to think a little differently, you know, um, because entrepreneurs sometimes don't have a lot of resources. They have to be resourceful, mm -hmm. right? And, and sometimes it's better to be resourceful than have a lot of resources. That is very true. And that, as an author, I'm sure you're finding that you have to be an entrepreneurial mindset to be an author. Yeah, yes. I could probably ask you more about that, but I, it's a great point, right? Yeah, I would love for you to share. <laughs> oh, I mean, as an author, you have to be resourceful. You have to fit, find your market. You have to find your marketing. There's not going to be a ton of resources for you. So you have to invent the resources yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any entrepreneur does this. It doesn't matter if you're a big company or a first time starting with five employees. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset you have to learn because otherwise you're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> You'd be the expert there though. <laughs> oh, I'm no expert. I just share knowledge as I find it. <laughs> That's important. So where can our listeners and our viewers find you and next year find your book? Oh yeah. Thank you. So my company website is vihealthcare.com, V-I-E-healthcare.com. However, I have a, I have a podcast. It's called the healthcare leadership experience. We talk a lot to healthcare leaders um, and even leaders outside of healthcare. Um, and then um, the book will be on Amazon Um It'll also be on our website. Um, and I'll probably be talking about it on our podcast too. But I, ML, thank you so much for um, allowing me to come on your show and being so gracious to have a conversation. Well, th these are conversations that we need to get out there. We need people, we need consumers to understand their medical bill, that we don't always curse out the hospital or the doctor for this exactly. big medical bill when it's beyond, really is beyond their control. And then we also need the other part, the hospitals, the doctors just to go, wait, is there a way to save money? That's right. And it all matters. And I just want to mention one more thing. In earlier this year, um, the, there was a new ruling um, from the federal government about price transparency. So hospitals have to, on their website, provide price transparency. So it's what they get paid from either managed care companies or, uh, um, or different, or they're different payers. And it's on specific, very common procedures. And so they have to do that. Um, and so, so I think it's important for consumers to know they can have that visibility ML. Mm -hmm. And I think in doing that, it does make, there's some vulnerab vulnerability to the hospitals because they get to they they have to put all this information out there. However, I've been telling hospitals it's, it's it's an opportunity for you to use cost as a competitive advantage. You spoke about that, right? So mm -hmm. let's let's drive down the cost. Use as a competitive advantage. Consumers are now going to your website. Go to, consumers go. You know everybody listening. Go to the hospital's websites. You can see what what that may cost you. Um, and there's certain things you can shop around. And, I, and competition, as you know, is, is important. 
Um, but I will say one thing, um, you know, sometimes just not avoiding that hospital bill might be a good idea. Maybe picking up the phone and calling that person, you know, in the hospital and just trying to work out a payment plan, or maybe just say, you know, I've got a question. Um, you know, sometimes, many times they're probably going to work with you. And I, I think we kind of avoid versus picking up the call. Yeah, we do. So we are almost out of time. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. ML, wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And for all of our listeners and our viewers, please check out the website. Hospitals, doctors, or frontline people that are watching, here's a tool for you. Check it out. And for everyone else, happy reading. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.